right, you've heard it here on the podcast before. I've said it many times. Star Wars has a villain problem. Uh, now, we just came out of Ahsoka. We met some new villains, popular new villains. Uh, Shin Hati, of course, Balin Skull. Uh, Thrawn is now a bigger presence. Uh, I wouldn't call him a new villain, though. Um, does Star Wars still have a villain problem? We're going to talk about that. So welcome, everybody, to the Resistance broadcast. I'm John. That is James Bainey. And we mm -hmm. are here to talk to you about that very topic. But we also have other stuff to talk about, too. Uh, our co-host, Lacey Gillerin, still taking some time off to spend time with her new little one. But she will return. But be sure to hit Lacey up on social media at Lacey Gillerin and let her know how you're doing and uh, talk Star Wars, all that good stuff. Um, so, James, uh, you're sort of a villain in, in just in life in general. So sure. do you do you uh, have a villain problem yourself? Do I have a villain? No, I have a protagonist problem, actually, because oh, I right. am such a good villain that I keep just <laughs> getting rid of these guys who try to stand up to me. You know what I mean? All right. That works. That works for me. Um, all right. So here's the deal. We Before we get into our first uh, segment of the day, uh, I did want to say a big thank you to everybody who has listened to the podcast this year. Um, I... I have to still do the numbers by year's end, but I believe this might have been our biggest year yet, um, especially for our audio listeners. So thanks to everybody who has joined us on Spotify this year Huge. or whether it's Apple or wherever. Thank you so much. However you found us, uh, next year is going to be a pretty big year. Um, so thank you all so much for listening, sticking with us and being a part of TRB. And also a, a special shout out to our patrons who are uh, a, just massive supporters of what we do. And what we do there is offer additional content and a lot of other cool perks, benefits, rewards, exclusive merch, a lot of things at patreon.com slash resistance broadcast. Check out the link when you have a chance. Doesn't mean you have to sign up. Just go check it out. If you've been listening for a while, uh, give it a look. There's a bunch of tiers. They start at five bucks. Um, they, people seem to really enjoy what we're doing over there, and it really helps us out a great deal. So go to patreon.com slash resistance broadcast and support the podcast. And we appreciate that very, very much. Um, all right, James, our our first segment of the day is uh, one that we, we, you had to go back there and dust it off. The force is with me, and I'm one with the force. You know, we don't talk a lot about Rogue One. We could probably talk more about Rogue One. We could talk more about Rogue One, but man, I I, I forget about it when we hear Chirrut's voice in Will of the Force. And then when we bring Baze back, I'm like, oh man, Rogue One, that's right. I get used to Chirrut, but when Baze comes in. I know, nice and it's just the, refreshing the, the voice. Yeah, like the violins behind him, and it's sort of him at the end <laughs> yeah, of his life. that's right. It's him at the end of his life, and it's just, it's a... It's probably our most, I don't want to say you you've said that before. Oh, it's our saddest like intro. Yeah. 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 Right. <laughs> well, we actually, we have Obi-Wan going, you are the chosen one. <laughs> oh, that's right. We have to bring that one back. Yeah. That's a <laughs> yeah. great point. That's a yeah. great point. Um, yeah. I mean, we're, we're coming up on 700 episodes, so we're bound to say things we've said before. I'm sure we've done of it course. before. I'm sure we'll do it again. Of course, in Baze's saddest moment, 
he is about to die and his friend just did die. And in the other moment, Obi-Wan's friend is about to die and he is not, but also that guy doesn't even die. (laughs) So it's like, it's a pretty, they're both pretty sad moments, but in one both die and the other both live. So yeah, but Obi-Wan's crying, which always makes things sadder. Yeah, it's fair. Yeah, it's fair. Um, All right, uh, guys, we're going to actually get to the segment now, one with the force. This is a segment um, that we are pitched a question and we're only allowed to give one answer to that question. We have to make the hard decision and we have to give one answer to this question. And the first one that we're going to kick it off with is this wild pitch that John came up with. A new interactive feature debuts at Star Wars Celebration and Lucasfilm's president Kathleen Kennedy is willingly hooked up to a failed proof lie detector test but each person can only ask her one question what do you ask john kick us off with this uh situational comedy whatever we're doing here what Uh, do we got i'm going first sure are you still thinking about it no i just don't know if i want to say this all right what is it Do you like Star Wars? (laughs) (laughs) And I don't mean it in the sense of like, I think she's done a bad job. She must hate Star Wars. I'm genuinely curious. She took over as president of Lucasfilm. There's a chance maybe she's not that big of a fan. She's just doing her job. So I really wanted to like I really want an honest answer. Like, does Kathleen Kennedy watch the movies? Was she a fan of George Lucas's stuff? Is she a Star Wars fan? Has she been a Star Wars fan? I've heard the the clips. Obviously, that's you know for PR and stuff. I'm genuinely just curious if Kathleen Kennedy likes Star Wars. It, it's such a funny question, too, because it's like this thing where like you are a very successful producer and then somebody comes along and is like, I handpicked James Faney to be the leader of star Trek, you know? And you're like, I'm not going to turn that down. You're like, what a sick, I like star Trek, yeah, but like, it's not, it's not something that I'm like super passionate about. It's right. kind of an odd choice of, I mean, I've worked on that before, you know, it's just kind of one of these things like, yeah, I get it. That, that's interesting. And do you think her answer would be not really? I don't know, but I, I, I just find it funny. And again, you know, don't clip this out. Like the context is oh, not is, me asking her clip. that. Yeah. <laughs> my, my, my context is not asking that in the way that people would ask because they think she's trying to tank it or that, that I think she did a bad job. It's genuinely in a vacuum are you a Star Wars fan? Do you like Star Wars? And I think it'd be so funny if fly on the wall, you know, hair down, cameras off, Kathleen Kennedy's at some dive, uh, not dive place, but a place that no one would like know her. And she's with mm-hmm. her friends and she's just like, oh my God, this Star Wars stuff. Oh, I can't wait to get out. I can't. Oh, I can just think like, I, I, I uh, like I'm so tired of this. I don't even like it, you know, or something like that. I think mm-hmm. that would just be really funny. Um, and I have other questions too. I I would probably like to ask her, but I think that would be just one that a lot of people wouldn't ask her. So I think it would be interesting to hear the answer. 
if she had to 100% tell the truth of her thoughts on the franchise as a person. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's a good one. It's pretty wild and bold (laughs) too. So I like it. Um, So my thing was, I was leaning towards something where it's like, you know, what was your, what was your biggest mistake kind of thing? And I think what I sort of land on landed on was more of a, what was your, what was your biggest regret as a producer of star Wars answer it in the format of like, if you could go back and change something that you think would have made the series and the franchise even more well received than it currently is like, what would be the thing that you sort of would change or have done differently in hopes for a better outcome and what you think would have been a better outcome. And that could be, you know, so many things like I would, I would have hired a different director I would have um, told them to rewrite this script. I would have um, I would have said that the park needed to be more like this, you know. Um, I, I don't know exactly to what degree, but like from her standpoint, in the leadership role that she's in, having done everything from 2012, you know, there has to be something along those along the way that has crossed her path like, Oh, that probably wasn't the best move. And I'm interested to see in what category of Star Wars she would have put that big move. Was is it in the movies? Is it in TV? Is it like Disney Plus? Is it in uh announcements? Is it in the way they spent money? Is it in the way, you know, she approved parks? Is it this whole like everything's connected? Like looking at it now, it was just a huge nightmare. We've kept up with it. But like looking back, we probably should have just said, let's do it the way that it's always kind of been done. You know, I'm just really interested to say like we're I, I have a feeling her answer, even though she's hooked up to a lie detector test, would still be very PR. Um, we love what we've done, but if you really, if you have to know what the one thing is, it's hard for me to not say it's this one thing. Mm. Um, what do you, what do you think? I, maybe I should just answer, but like, do you have a, what one thing do you think she would probably think was the big mistake? Um, probably the solo thing. Doing solo? I, no. Uh, the marketing complete, solo. Nope. The complete overhaul. I think oh, not letting see, seeing what Lord and Miller achieved after that, um, knowing what they would have to endure after the PR and the budget and really the solo thing changed, you know, back to the future style. We're in a different timeline now, man. If the solo thing worked out, the way it was designed to, and it makes enough money, does well. We get the solo sequel, make solo two happen, doesn't exist. Obi-Wan Kenobi movie happens. Everything changed. Everything right. changed with the solo thing. Uh, so my guess would be, she would say like, I'd let Lord Miller finish the movie. And, and you know, I, I, that would be my guess. That's based on nothing. I'm just guessing here. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it there, and there's so there's so right. many questions. There's so many like, things that would change the timeline and everything. We also too. may have to Kessel run 
12 questions we 12 <laughs> questions we would ask Kathleen Kennedy uh, if she had to be completely honest. I think that'd be a really fun segment. Um, my guess would be it it hurts me to say because I'm very proud of the film that we make, but I think there's a very definite sp- split in what happened to Star Wars after Last Jedi. I think the way that Mark Hamill handled it, the way that the fans handled it, the way that, you know, like you could, I mean, look, just like take a step back and be like, Hey, I made a great movie. That's awesome. And I'm really proud of it. But if I had a chance to go back, I think a second swing at this and like revising the Luke character. So the fans are a little bit happy, uh, happier somehow working in some sort of opportunity to get the three, uh, people, you know, Carrie Harrison, Mark in the same scene, like it, it, it's sort of a, a very, very upscaled version of like, Oh, if I could go back, I'd have Chewy hug Leia, you know, in force <laughs> awakens. And it's just like, it, it, you know, you don't have the opportunity to take a second swing. And I think that point right there is how they did the last Jedi as much as I love it. And as much as it, it led to the other movies that were also great. I think a second swing, if possible, would be going back in time and sitting down with Ryan and being like, Ryan, let me tell you what happens in the future. We released this amazing movie and it's not, I don't think- it's not as well received as we think it is going to be. It's good, but fans don't like it. Yeah. Let's, let's move on to the next one, but it's definitely, right. it's definitely something we can talk about on a lengthier segment. All right. Well, here's the second one with the force question. It is what is the funniest sound in star Wars history? It can be an ongoing use sound effect or literally something you heard one time. I'll start this off. I, I read this question. I came to my answer rereading it. Now it says funniest sound effect. I still think I'll I'll say what I'm going to say, but I wouldn't say it's exactly funny. It's maybe for like this taste funny. Um, but I'm going to go with BB eight. Um, BB-8 to me is probably the most uh, thought out sound in Star Wars, in my opinion. Um, I know that he w- had multiple voice actors, multiple take. JJ was like trying to figure out the sound of BB-8. I think it was probably the first time that they were really like, um, I know it seems a little weird because there's other, there's maybe other examples, but like, and like Jar Jar, for instance, or whatever. But like, I really feel like this was the first time where they're like, no, we're going to market this thing to kids. And the sound has to appeal to kids. And it, it, the voices in the trailer, uh, the, the way the character rolls and stuff, that's irrelevant too. But, you know, just everything about that character was very, very, very thought out. And that comes down to this voice. This voice is such a unique and distinct sound um, that you hear it and you're not really sure what you're hearing. You think you're hearing a voice. You think you're hearing a, it's like twofold layered. uh, I was kind of thinking to myself, like how to describe this. And it's sort of like that. It's not a hum. It's not a whistle. It's that like kind of, you know, thing. There's like this, these two layers and you're, you're, sort of unable to place like exactly the sound that you're hearing. And it's so constant into the movie. Every time it comes up, you're like, it's not a, 
beep, boop, boop, boop. You know, it's not a sound effect that you feel like you've heard before. It's this really weird wavy up and down all over the place. And I think it's perfectly crafted as a unique and interesting sound that was meant to be what it was. Yes, TIE Fighters sound unique. Yes, lightsabers sound unique. But I don't think they they had a purpose of being cool. BB-8 had a purpose to speak to a demographic. And that what is what makes it the a, a funny or interesting sound to me. Oh, so you interpret you're, that. You're going you're gonna to be like, uh, when the guy farted. <laughs> I thought about doing when the Eopi farts. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah. Uh, I don't see how your explanation explains BB-8 as the funniest, but... I well, that's what I'm saying. I sort of read it, and then I was like, "What's a what's the what's the most interesting or funny sound effect I've ever heard?" And then I kind of went back, and I was like, "Oh, it's really just funny." I wouldn't necessarily say he's funny, but it's funny in a way of like, "That's funny." Like, what am I hearing? Right. You know, what's weird? That's a weird sound. Every time he speaks, I can't quite, you know, like what's yeah. happening. Go ahead. Uh- Here's mine. I'm going to try to play it. Hopefully this works. But I want you to listen to it without applying what it is and just listen to it for what it is. All right. And it, ready? Yeah. <laughs> Did you hear that? Yes. Um it's, it's the it's the Tuscan Raider yell. Yeah. Oh, that's funny. That's not what I placed it as, actually. You're right. It's like, it's basically like... I thought it was a tauntaun. That was it my reminds initial. me of, like, the redneck squealing in Deliverance. It's just like this very, just like... It's just like, it's so <laughs> outrageous. And it's one of the weirdest things, one of the weirdest first things we hear in Star Wars. So I just, like, when I hear it on its own in out in the world, if if I was just like at Walmart and someone started playing the sound of the Tuscan Raiders yelling, I'd probably laugh out loud. But like in Star Wars, it's like it's blended into everything. But when I when I plug that thing out, uh, I think it's very funny. Now, there's a bunch of other ones that make me laugh a lot. Like I almost wanted to even pick the sound of the springs of Poe Dameron's flashlight when he goes to turn it on. When oh, yeah. Right. Ignites her, her lightsaber because that doink makes me laugh really hard <laughs> but there's a ton we can do uh but i i really find it, it's so underrated how funny the tuscan raiders sound especially now that they've tried to make them very like serious and like <laughs> like nuanced right. characters you know that sound to me also reminds me of the like 1920s jalopy automobile horn yeah oh like, yeah Ha, 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 or whatever oh, yeah. that like that sound is. <laughs> yeah, I definitely know we had two completely different approaches to this, and I'm like, ha, you know, I think my my funny thing. I just you're you give a good example, but I my brain just couldn't wrap around like what a funny sound would be, and I sort of just went to like, what's a how weird I, how can I sound? ask how how can it not land on a funny sound? I just like here. I, I was going to all those sounds. I was like lightsabers, not funny. Like when something's funny, fighters, not know. funny. Like, the, so nothing like, What's makes a funny sound. I'm like, BB eight's a funny sound. That's a weird sound. 
All the other ones sort of make sense to me. You, you do like you, you bring up a funny sound of sound that makes you laugh. And I'm like, I don't, I, I guess I couldn't really think of a sound that makes me laugh. Hmm. Hmm. All right. Let's go to our next zany topic. Um, cause the fart didn't make me laugh. Oh, farts always yeah. make me laugh. I love fart jokes. <laughs> All right. One more one with the force this week. Uh, there are new star Wars movies being made lucky for you. Lucky for us. Um, the gods of a galaxy far, far away have descended to earth to give you, you don't make up crazy scenarios at all. They've descended to earth to, uh, give you a choice regarding the first one. Uh, you can either, you can either see this finished movie one time, exactly one year before its release date. But if you do, you can't watch it for five years. Uh, you can't watch a movie again for the next five years. And obviously you can't talk about it or any of the details, right? Here's the other option that you have. You could be in that movie as a background character. Your face is shown on screen. You're in the credits. You have no lines though. That's the tricky part. As another price to pay for being in the film, you have to wait a year to see it uh, after it comes out. So the movie comes out, everybody sees it. You can't talk to anybody, I assume, as well, that you were in it. Just nobody notices or something. But you can't actually see it. Which one are you picking, John? So So the options are, I can see the movie a year before everybody else, but then I can't watch it again for five years. Or... I could be a background character with no lines in the movie. I'm in the credits, though. Says John Hoey there as Bulio's cousin, uh, Dulio. And, but I du- have. Duo Lupo? To... Is that what you said? Who's that? Just kidding. Never mind. Oh. Don't worry about it. But I have to wait a year to see it after it comes out. I. That's really tough, man. I might have to. Ah, screw it. I'll be in the movie. I'll wait. You're going to go with being in the movie? Yeah. Uh, you know, and here's my here's my philosophy on it. If it's the next movie, that means it's the first one. So I'm not really getting the ending of this story spoiled for me if people talk about it and I wait a year to see it and I'm in the movie. And then eventually I get to see it and I'm still in the movie. So... Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go with that option. I'm going to be in the movie, but I got to wait until a year after it has come out for me to see it, which is for me, obviously what we do. And as a big Star Wars fan, it's going to be brutal, absolute torture, a year of torture. But it's better than the other option for me, which is see it early. Can't say a freaking word about it. And then have to wait five more years to see it again. That's torture in another variety. Where are you at though? See, I think these are, I think this is an easy choice for me because I look at these questions and I go, well, one of them, you participate in in an activity and that activity to some degree kind of spoils the movie a little bit ahead of you, right? You're either in the movie, you were on set. You can be on set. The other one, what? You can be on set for a day. I know, but I'm saying, but there's some, you know, you, you kind of know what was going on in a certain scene or something like that. And the other one, it's not really spoiling the movie, but you're able to see it and you can't talk about it. And both of those lead up to the release day. Okay. Then after the release day, the first option says you have five years. And the second option you have one year. And I'm like, 
Well, in both of those things, you get the movie spoiled and you have to wait. But in one, you get the movie spoiled, but you also get to be in it, which is credit for the rest of your life to be able to talk about it and point it out and have the conversation. And you only have to wait one year to get into these conversations. Whereas in the other one, you would have to wait basically six years to get into the conversation. So I just, I see it as an obvious, I would absolutely want to be in the movie. Mm -hmm. And uh, I would always, like a year after the movie comes out, I would be able to, you know, forever have that as something to point out to my friends or family or people like, hey, check me out, I'm in that movie. And it doesn't, I mean, after, after mm-hmm. when you've seen the movie early, and we've been in this case, we did it for Indiana Jones, you see the movie earlier, you have this great, like, weird little two-week period, but then after that, you're just equal with everybody. Yeah, we all know what happened in that movie. I'd still like to have something over everybody else, be in the movie. I'm in the movie. There I am. What, yeah, what, I mean, you landed on that, but it was a harder decision for you. Yeah, because... I was really just trying to put myself in the situation as though it was real and thinking about like everybody has seen this movie. My friends who don't even really like Star Wars have seen it. All these people have seen it. You've seen it. Lacey's seen it. All of our listeners have seen it. I can't see this movie. I can't talk about this movie. That year is going to be absolute pain. Complete but you'd rather take pain. five years though? That's what I'm saying. But yeah, I, I get I'd, one year. But I'd already have seen the movie. I took out my phone and I illegally recorded it anyway. So no, I'm kidding. No, I'm kidding. But uh, yeah, it's, it's 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 just like a wacky thing I threw together. I'm curious where people line on it. Maybe they everyone picks option two, but it's uh it's a hypothetical that never existed before, and we've created it, and now it exists. <laughs> you know what I think would be for personally for me tougher? Would you want to be in the movie, but you have to wait five years? Or would you want to see the movie earlier, but you can't talk about it for one year? Oh, so I just uh, kind of flip it on, on that regard, because I, I think, I think I the ability to just be in star Wars trumps seeing star Wars, the movie. Um, I don't know about that because I don't know, like being in Star Wars, like we've seen people who Star Wars podcasters like getting extra roles in Star Wars and like, I'm happy for them, but I couldn't care less, you know? And is it like, I don't know, like I'm right. in Star Wars, but but I'm the guy, I'm one of the Q-tips in the crowd at the pod race. It's like, that's cool. That's me. And yeah, I'm in the credits as, you know, Villager 3. And there's my name and I'm in Star Wars forever. That's awesome. But people will probably get tired of me talking about it and having the frames, my name credits on the wall and stuff. And it's a very interesting <laughs> thing that's never going to happen. Um, but people get tired of me never shutting up about it. I'm like, then shut up about it. You, you wouldn't. It. That'd be your thing. That'd be your thing. I mean... I mean, I've had opportunities in my life to do really cool stuff. You don't always have to talk about it, but when it comes up, you're like, oh, actually. That's exactly I've... what I'm saying. Yeah. They're going to be like, oh, I... oh, but Baney's talking about the freaking <laughs> whatever. Oh, my God. <laughs> well, um, all right. I think it's an easy one. I'd go with number two. But if you guys want to put in, um, if you want to hit us up on social media, if you're listening on audio, but if you are here on YouTube, throw it in the comments, which one you would. I think uh, choose. I think number two is definitely the way. It's just 
fun to like try to weigh those two things if they were real. Like you're at think about you're you're at Celebration 2025, and Kathleen Kennedy gets unhooked from that lie detector, and she finds you, and she goes, "Hey, you! Movie comes out in a year. You're coming to watch it with us right now on the big screen." You're like, "Oh, oh, but, oh! By the way, can't talk about it for five years." Can't see it again. Five years. No, no, no. You can. No, I'm sorry. You can talk about it. Can't. You can't see it again for five years, though. I'd be like, all right, fine, let's go. You know. So it's just, you know, it's it's it depends on where you are in that moment. But uh, speaking of, I I can say this: this has never been talked about on any Star Wars podcast ever. So (laughs) there we have that. Do you want to be in Star Wars or just watch Star Wars? Yeah, (laughs) it's an interesting topic. Never touched on before. With the stipulations at hand. Yeah. Um, All right, Um, man. Speaking of uh, this is the way uh, I was watching an episode of Boy Meets World and one of the characters uh, gave a lesson and then the person tried to, you know, fight back and they said, I have spoken and they walked off and I was like, whoa, Nice. I was like, no, I'm sure Star Wars and and the show were probably like pulling from something bigger, but it was weird to associate that with Star Wars, but hear it from a 1990s TGIF show, you know. That's pretty good. Yeah, um, all right, fun. well, let's talk a little bit about something more serious. Villains. Let's get into it with the discussion this week. Obi-Wan once thought as you do. All right, everybody. It's discussion time. You know it. You love it. We're going to dive into a topic. Uh, we don't plan our thoughts out and we don't exchange ideas we just get into it and chat it up chop it up the way we do here at trb now this week told you at the top does star wars still have a villain problem now that caveat comes with the thought that we uh, in trb especially me have for a long time have felt trb thinks star wars has a villain problem uh where that comes from is you had Vader, you had Palpatine. Since then, you get Maul, you get some others, but there's always, you know, the redemption. There's always, oh yeah, kill that villain too soon. We didn't get to, you know, experience them long enough. Uh, and then we look at the the new trilogy and they're forced to bring back Palpatine. Uh, you've seen Vader return in Rogue One. You've seen Vader return even in Ahsoka, Obi-Wan. The new villains are very necessary. They've even gone to Legends to bring in their villain to fill that void in Rebels, now in Ahsoka. So the question is, a Balin Skull, a Shin Hati, is that enough to say Star Wars is correcting a villain problem that they might have? Is this not going to be answered until we find out who that adversary is in the Ray Skywalker movie. So does Star Wars still have a villain problem? Um, James, I'm kicking this off. You probably think you have it pinned on what I'm going to say, and you're probably right. I think they do. Um, a lot of that stems from what happened with Moff Gideon. You know, we talked about it for a long time. When that character was introduced, we were like, I think that was the first one. We said, like, maybe they've solved the villain problem. They finally gave us a new, fresh villain to tackle this whole Disney plus era with Mando. And then he falls flat in season two. He tries to off himself and then he ends up dying in season three. As far as we know, 
Um, so Gideon sort of falls off. And I don't see a lot of people really talking about Gideon in the pantheon of a Vader or Palpatine. Um, you know, we have others who have come and gone and died. Uh, we don't know what's going to happen with Balin Skull. I thought he was a very intriguing, interesting, fresh villain that had senses of familiarities. We're not sure where he's going to go. Um, and the same with Shin. It almost seems like they're already setting her up for a redemption. So I'm of the position, and I know the the High Republic, they have their Martian row and all that stuff, but that's a niche group of fans. I'm talking right. about heavyweights, main events, you know, did Kylo Ren live up to it? Have we reached the Vader Palpatine level since Vader and Palpatine was Maul the closest? I still think to this day, as we stand right now, I know this is not a state of Star Wars episode, James. I still mm-hmm. think Star Wars has a villain problem. I think that could be solved if they give us a very compelling, new, strong villain in the next Star Wars movie. I think that's where it has to happen. But as of now, as I look at all the content that's come out, all the programming that's come out, I still think Star Wars has quite a bit of a iconic villain problem uh, in terms of living up to the legacy of the two big ones introduced to us over 40 years ago. Uh, where where are you at? And um, let's start there, because if you don't think they do, then we have it's going to be a completely different discussion. If you do think they do, then we have to try to uh, speculate on how they can fix this ongoing revolving door of baddies. Right. So last week I came to this realization that Star Wars is actually doing a really good job. And that comes from the standpoint of a million other franchises, big franchises that have had one really big, great story and then be like, man, we wrapped that up. That was awesome. Now we got to keep going. We were trying to reboot it differently. You know, we're trying to, to re-salvage that and turn it into a secondary franchise, more prequels or more sequels or something along these lines or a different story that takes place in the world of, right? And of all of them, I actually feel like Star Wars is actually doing the best job. Now, I'm not saying that they're doing the best job possible, but given the real-life scenarios of people just saying you know i like the first one (laughs) and then everything after that kind of stunk because it wasn't as good as the first i think star wars is actually handling themselves pretty well they're keeping their head above water when it comes to villains that is part of what i'm talking about because it feels like they actually do a really good job at creating villains The problem I think you're talking about is they have a big problem keeping them. Kylo Ren, great villain, whose ending's kind of debatable. Snoke, great villain, whose ending's kind of debatable. Moff Gideon, great villain, ending kind of debatable. Man, off the top of my head, General Hux. Great villain, ending kind of debatable. Um, I mean, we could probably keep going with this, but I think they don't have a problem. Yeah. I don't think they have a problem creating great villains who have the potential to continue to be great villains. I think, actually, Maul is another example to this too. I think people do respect Maul, but I think they've, 
I think they've taken Maul and turned him into a great villain every time they bring him into something and then he always sort of fails or falls off. And that even includes Solo, where they're like, oh, we're trying to build him up to something, and then Solo isn't really received well, so it sort of dwindles off. So so you sort of have an unfortunate situation where you have the potential of a really great villain, but they can't seem to like get the steps going, and, and they always make a decision that somehow kind of um, fizzles out on that particular character whether it's shifting to a different, bigger, badder villain, or they want to, um, uh, I mean, that might even be it, you know? Hux and Snoke both took backseat to Kylo, and then Kylo sort of took backseat to Palpatine because they needed Kylo to switch back to Ben. And it's sort of like, I think as soon as they bring in that other villain, um, Mandalorian may be part of this too, is like, well, who's the bigger villain in Mandalorian now? We'll find out. But uh, my thing is like I think they I think Star Wars doesn't have a villain problem when it comes to the creation of a really cool villain that could that could hold the franchise for a long time. My problem is is they don't actually land on the ability to keep that villain around and threatening for mm, the entire duration that we want them to be. I I agree. I think you're right about that. I I think there's multiple parts to it. Because it's either they kill them off too soon um, or they're making them too conflicted or they're redeeming them. It's like it's like multiple things, multiple choices that are made. Like, where's the the massively evil and diabolical Star Wars villain who is villain from page one to the end and and dies and has that villainous i am evil and you're vanquishing evil ending and it doesn't happen a lot and they're even i mean it's palpatine because it can't you can't consider darth vader in that category either i know i know but villain i mean darth vader is transcendent as the greatest cinematic villain of all time uh but i'm saying who is the next palpatine you know, the fact that they had to bring him back, the fact that they're now bringing a legend, a 30-year-old-plus Legends villain in with his own nuances of like, well, he sees it as he's doing the right thing. It's like, we need evil back in Star Wars in order for our heroes to conquer something that is a threat to life. And it even with, I, and I you know, I... I have it in my ex bio that on the Balin Skull fan club president or whatever. I know I love Balin Skull. I love what Ray Stevenson did with the character, but clearly he's another one of those sort of like, well, from my point of view, the Jedi are evil, sort of like what Anakin was doing. And he's like, I'm going to do my own thing. And it's like, yeah, he's a great villain. But I think they've been due for a long time for not the next Palpatine, but someone who has those passions of a Palpatine that it feels like a genuine threat. Like when Kylo Ren shows up and then he takes the helmet off and people see Adam driver. And like, by the time force awakens ends, people are already talking about like how, how they're going to turn him back to the light. Now that we know he's Han and Leia's kid. And it felt like it was not predictable, but like no one was surprised by what happened with him. 
I want to meet point too. We still had a great Hux. We still had a great Snoke. And I think that <clears throat> Kylo Ren was like a, a front for Darth Vader, but that's the twist is we're going to save him early. And last Jedi stuff. Last Jedi destroyed both those characters though. Like that, literally and figuratively. Yeah. At the time but, we're able to be like, well, how is, how are they going to save Kylo Ren? Because Adam driver is this wonderful person that we want to see redeemed because he's Han Solo's kid. But then what about these other guys? Hux, Snoke. Yeah. Those are the real crazy, dark, evil villains that he's going to have to fight <clears throat> with. And, uh, and it didn't, <clears throat> you know, it didn't, didn't pan out. Look, I mean, let's, let's, I mean, it, let's run, it is what it is, but I'm saying in the, if we, if we run through context. it really quick. So rebels, who's the villain Thrawn? I Palpatine? mean, it, it sort of depends. I would say callous uh, uh, for so a while. There's my point, you know, so you have that, uh, there's not many others to choose from. It's hard to it's hard to do it in the kids show thing because right. the villain can't ever okay. really be <laughs> Rogue One. All right. Or Krennic. Dead. One movie, done. And then who else is there? Tarkin and Vader. There you go. Solo. Dryden Voss. Cool villain. They kill him. Dead. Who they bring back at the end? Well, Maul. So, okay, so you're right in the sense of Krennic, I oh, think. Oh, we got to keep going. But all of these, my point is going to be that all of these is in lieu of the bigger, badder villain. Yeah, I know. And the villain problem isn't necessarily the creation of the cool villain. It's the lack of the big, bad boss, the big, bad Palpatine-like tier, Palpatine-tier villain, Vader-tier villain, um, and keeping them around long enough at the same time. So we still haven't gotten the Palpatine tier villain yet in this era. Um, so we're waiting for that. They had to bring him back so much so because they didn't do that. Um, who knows what JJ's thoughts were about Snoke initially, you know? Um, but he even felt like he was sort of like a new Palpatine. Um, so... I think where when I'm saying Star Wars has a villain problem, it's sort of just that shadow cast by Palpatine and 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 Vader, and just how transcendent to pop culture they are, especially Vader. Um, but how just purely evil Palpatine was. Um, so I think that might be something that they're wrestling with. And it, honestly, now I'm completely speculating, but. It wouldn't shock me if that's maybe one of the things that they've been struggling on when it comes to writing this new Ray movie. Maybe Lindelof, you know, he came up with a villain. And they were like, that uh, That sounds like Palpatine. Yeah, we don't like that. That's too much like this or it's not enough of this. And then Stephen Wright comes in, Stephen Knight comes in and they're like, Stephen Wright, the comedian, just rolls in and he's like, yeah, I, got, I got locked in uh, my bathroom stall one day. And uh, no, but Stephen Knight comes in and he comes up with something. They're like, all right, that's going to be our new villain. It's going to, I think it, that's what it's going to hinge upon is like this, this next movie. Are they going to give us somebody who people are going to talk about in the way they talk about like Grogu or Darth Vader, where your cousins and friends and stuff who like Star Wars are going to be like, that guy is awesome. Like, I'm saying Marvel fans will say Thanos. I'm saying give me something better than Thanos. Give me give me the next like super popular Star Wars character and it happens to be this big bad villain cuz that will also help lift Rey because when you do these fantasy stories you're 
Hero is has a ceiling based upon how compelling and how good the villain is. And if you don't have an awesome, believable, big-time villain, then it hurts the journey of your hero. So I, I think this Ray movie is really going to hinge upon what they do with this villain. And I think Star Wars does have a villain problem because they are, as you said, I think they are doing a great job creating these new villains. I don't think they're of the tier one like a Palpatine. They're very interesting and cool characters and they're finding unique ways to make unique characters, but they're either killing them off, flipping them back to the good side way too soon. And we're not getting that longevity of a villain that we need that I had hoped for when we first met Moff Gideon. He fizzled out. Ryan Johnson basically turned General Hux into a Looney Tune character after that speech he gives in TFA. Uh, Snoke gets killed. He, all of a sudden, he's just a strand cast. He's literally a part of Palpatine. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, where is it? And we're waiting for it. And it, with the return of movies, I feel like this is the time. They got to do it. They got to hit a home run with a villain. And, and that will be the moment I can say, you don't kill him in that movie? Okay, where is that villain going to go? We can start falling in love with the idea of this character, getting the action figures, speculating on who this person is, or where they're going. Then we will really have something. So I do have one thing to say, because I'm, I'm generally agreeing with what, you're, what you are saying, but I think there's, there is one villain that you're sort of leaving out, out of this, and I think that the thing that you're sort of giving is the, the big flaw is that they didn't even really create that villain. They had to pull him from Legends. But I don't see Thrawn fizzling out as a villain. I think that they have Thrawn right now. They're building him up. And the more they lead up to him being this person, there will be no redemption for Thrawn. He will I absolutely hope, uh, yeah. do things that right. are unforgivable. And we will not see Thrawn the way Timothy, Th- Timothy Zahn sees him in t- at times yeah. to be this sort of like anti-hero. He's like, he's really trying to find the big, like I think Dave Filoni has always treated Thrawn as this absolutely do, does not care for life and will do the optimal thing that he needs to do to win. And that is very anti-life. Um, <clears throat> and I, I absolutely, and I think you're getting into dark magic and other stuff that he's willing to play in to win. And it's just, he, he's, I think he's going to be good. Now, granted, we've said that about so many other villains and they've made the mistake. So maybe I'm wrong. Maybe when all said and done, people say, you know what they did with Thrawn? They blew it. Oh, funny. I like that. Yeah. But, but I, I really do think that Thrawn, (laughs) thank you. Uh, I'll be here all week. Um, I really do think that Thrawn is the one villain right now that we have that is like that there's, there is no way to sort of redeem him. I don't see a situation where he says like, I was just trying to do it for my family, (laughs) you know? Yeah. You know, I just don't see it. I think he's going to receive his swift and harsh end in that movie. uh, And everybody's going to cheer for it. Here's my problem. Um, Throne was made 32 years ago by somebody named Timothy Zahn and George Lucas never considered that character to be part of his story. He was cool licensing it. And this is not a slam on Throne. I know Throne fans are going to get very mad and defensive about it. I think it's a really awesome character. And I really look forward to seeing what Mickelson does with him and obviously how Filoni tells that story. But it's a character that was made 32 years ago in an expanded non-canon story. 
Like that's if that's who we're saying is the solution to the Star Wars villain problem, that's a problem. That's a big problem because it's like, who are your biggest villains in the last 10 years, Lucasfilm, for Star Wars? Right. Palpatine and Thrawn. I have news for you. (laughs) To to be fair, you said Star Wars had a villain problem until they brought back Palpatine, a character who was created 32 years ago. Nope. That's proof that it's the problem. I didn't say he was the... the, No, you said now they don't have a villain problem anymore. They solved that. They got their villain. They did get their villain, but it's still a problem in terms of like... You, they can't keep going back to the well. Like, hey, I, I don't disagree. I'm just, I'm just pointing out. Yeah, like they have, I, they have, like they have. Look on the the executive board and look at how many people work at that studio. That the word creative is in their job title. It, it's like I just watched Elf the other day, and it's like when James Caan is like, "We got to bring in Miles Finch. We have no stories." We got to bring him in and get these stories for these children's things. Cause we're sitting here talking about a gang of asparagus who don't like how their pee smell. This is what like. So it's time to create the next big cinematic villain for the franchise that really puts cinematic villains on the modern map. So, so the, I, I have no reason to talk about this otherwise, but you've sort of set me up. I have to use this as a soapbox for a moment. My wife, and, and I'm, I'm like, I get the, the gimmick. I'm fine with it. She really likes the Santa Claus stuff with Tim Allen. Mm-hmm. And we're watching The Clauses, the TV show. And I'm like, this is just atrocious. It's so, so bad. Mm. And it drives me nuts. I can't say it to her, though, because she likes it. She doesn't want me to, like, complain about stuff. But I I've recently was like, this is where I think the problem was. Is that first movie? Good. Because there wasn't a villain. The villain was himself. It was the problem. He had to overcome the problem, which was this new thing taking over this role and does he want to actually make that move in his life and let his life change the second movie also very similar the problem is he has to find a wife and there's a conflict there the conflict is what leads the story after that the third movie this tv show they went to actual bumbling dumb villains like martin short and they got this other guy now and they treat him as the all-knowing absolute, I know everything, I'm Tim Allen hero. So how are you rounding this back to this? I'm just saying it, it, that it like the reason I'm relating it is because you brought up the other thing. You made the joke of the other villain in the TV show, which reminded me of this. But also, this is I've noticed that Santa Claus has a villain problem. <laughs> They have a conflict problem. The movies used to be good, but as soon as they made him, they focused only on him being like, haha, I'm so smart because I'm Santa Claus and I'm, I do everything right. And then they gave all of the conflict to the bumbling idiot who we don't believe at all is actually any threat. It's the, yeah. it just falls apart completely. Yeah. Um, I'm... That's the soapbox. So, so you just like wanted to go on. Clauses. You just wanted to go on a rant about Santa Claus. It has nothing to do with like the Star Wars villain problem. I feel like I've connected it pretty well. Well, you're saying <laughs> they came up with this villain, but it sounds like a crappy villain. So then it's still having a villain problem, even if whether you do or do not have the villain of a, a tangible person as a villain. 
Yeah, no, I'm saying I'm saying their problem is they used to have a good movie that didn't rely on these villains, but the, the villain was the conflict. Anyway, that what I'm saying is is it's very easy for a villain problem to become or a conflict, an issue to become. Maybe these movies don't even actually have a villain. Maybe they just have like a problem oh, that they have oh, to. No. I know, I know. No. Oh, oh, what oh. really? Oh. God. Well, I just named a movie that you agreed was good and there was no villain in it. It was just a conflict that the the group I, had to it, deal with Star the situation. Wars, but yeah, and San, the Santa Claus is fine. But if Star Wars... <laughs> I like mean, I hear you. If I we're comparing you. Star Wars to the Santa Claus, then we have a bigger problem. A way bigger <laughs> yeah. problem. Because first of all, they would, st- they would spell Star Wars like with two R's and then put like an E at the end. <laughs> but jokes aside, like... I mean, star at its at its root, simplest form, from George Lucas himself, it's the simple battle between good and evil, and you need evil in Star Wars in order for kids to feel something that these people went through something for a purpose for the greater good of them, their families, their friends, and the galaxy. If it's just like, you know, Ray. Uh, you know, knocks the Jedi master off her roof. And because he died, she then becomes the Jedi master. And she, that's the conflict of the movie. (laughs) We're talking about the worst Star Wars movie of all time, which would be the Santa Claus in Star Wars. In other words, I'm I'm, I'm being tongue in cheek here. Star Wars needs a big villain. They need, these movies need a big villain. They need box office. They need, they need the big lightsaber duels. They need it all. And, um, I bet what's what's on that whiteboard right now in terms of like we need to make sure we hit on this is is the villain going to be marketable is we're going to get the right person in the role are they going to be different enough from Palpatine and Vader while still being a viable enough threat to go toe to toe with Rey who is the most powerful Jedi in the galaxy the, all those things like on that whole brainstorming spider web idea thing on the whiteboard at Lucasfilm's office is prop that's on there because they know they have their hero. They know they have their supporting characters who are our villains. And In we, this- it starts at the top. You need that tier one villain. Then you can make your cool troopers and your side huxes and your military people. But you need that big time mysterious new villain to also cherry on the Sunday add a nice dose of mystery and freshness to the whole thing. What is the stakes of this movie? How important is the stakes of the movie as far as like how big it has to be? Can it be that Ray has to track down this person who is going to kill one child? And she's trying to save that child's life. I think, or can I, it? Be, or does it have to be that he, the threat is he's going to blow up this planet? He's going to blow up this mult these multiple planets. You I know? think this. Like, what is? <clears throat> is it? I, is it okay for a Star Wars movie to bring it back to a close story that isn't so galactic? I yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I like Star Wars. I mean. Star Wars really is a very like intimate, small, enclosed story. Everyone's pretty connected, and um, I mean they're they're saying they're going to branch it out, but who knows how far the Star Wars reach can go with Disney being satisfied enough with its viability? 
Um, you can make a story that feels nothing like Star Wars and, and it could just fall on its face, but then they could say, hey, we branched out. But I don't think that's the way they're going to go, especially right now in this economy and post-strike, post-pandemic. Um, I, I do think it would be kind of cool um, if we sort of like what they did in the original trilogy, which is, you know, you hear about the emperor in episode four and it just like sort of like goes one in or out the other. Uh, and then we meet that villain in the second movie or, or what have you. But as but long as it's later in that first movie. Right. Right. And you could have something like that in this first Ray movie too, but without doing the bait and switch, because they did mention the emperor, there was somebody above Vader. They did say that it wasn't this sort of like, and now uh, he was actually working for this person the whole time, which they do a lot in TV shows. And when they when they kill off somebody, they're like, well, now how it was successful. Now, what do we do? It's like the Saw movies. Like we killed the guy off after the third movie. Now, what do we do? It's like, well, actually, he was training all these people. It's like, oh, God. So, yeah, I, 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 you know. I, I just think it's I think it's important for them to establish a new big villain. That's all I'm saying. They've they, and they have to do it not even so much for the sake of get stepping out of the shadow of Vader and Palpatine as cinematic villains, but for Ray, like you have this character that's great. And one of the biggest criticisms about Ray was that she was a Palpatine and she wound up fighting Palpatine who was already beaten before. It's like they need to set up Ray to be in a good spot, not just for the kids who fell in love with Ray when they were five, when the force awakens came out and they're going to be like, 16 going with their friends driving to the theater to go see the return of Ray. They're locked in. They'll, they, they love Ray. They will forever love Ray. It's the people who are like, I don't know if I want to get, I might be done with star Wars. I don't know. But if you get slapped them over the face in a trailer or whatever, with some new powerhouse villain that will lift Ray up as our hero, uh, it's, it's a win. And they got to figure out how to pull that off without going back to the well every time that the it's the ultimate unknown right now is the future of the dark side. We already know what's happening with the Mandoverse. They went with Thrawn, a character that has existed for years that wasn't even created for Canon. Uh, and I'm about it. I'm all in. I love it. I think it's really cool. I'm glad they're doing it, but it's an older character. They didn't come, they didn't come up with it in this last 10 years. And then again, Palpatine went back to him. They brought went back to Vader a bunch of times. Uh, High Republic has the Martian Rowe guy. That's a limited bubble of fans who are buying those books. Right. I they just they they need to hit a home run with the villains. So, they need to do it. So I definitely I, I've I've noticed this pattern. I said this earlier, and I think there is something to they usually get rid of the villain in lieu of the bigger villain, and that goes all the way back to. When I say, yeah, Palpatine, evil to the end, Darth Vader, not evil to the end. They did actually sort of give up Darth Vader in lieu of the Emperor. They said the Emperor is the actual bad one. Darth Vader, not as bad. Like, d- does actually sort of redeem himself. But in all these other examples of all these other shows, including Gideon, Gideon is sort of being shoved aside a little bit because of Thrawn. Thrawn's the real villain. Gideon was not, you know... He, we know who he works for. We know who um, uh, Solo um, Dryden Voss. Dryden Voss, Dryden Voss, good villain, but 
killed him off in lieu of the bigger real villain. You know, you know who I work for. It's always it's always the same thing. And then we discussed earlier, Snoke and Hux sort of took the backseat to Kylo Ren. They pushed him off to the side to build him up as the villain. But even he was sort of pushed aside to bring up the real villain of of this. The only one out of all of these that interestingly sort of stands out is Krennic. And I know you could say they pushed him aside in lieu for Darth Vader, but I don't think they did. Krennic is sort of an obstacle, but he's interestingly, who is Krennic the villain of? Because he feels like he's the villain to Galen. He never really comes face to face with any of the people except at the very end. And it's just like, uh, do you think you've won? It's all about the war. I'm fighting for the war. You're fighting against the war. The villain in the movie is the Death Star. They're Uh, trying to stop the Death Star from doing what it's going to do. I don't think so. I mean, I understand I'm being a little out of the out of it. And you're going to say, who's the villain in that movie? You're going to say Krennic. And I I understand that. I'm being a little uh, outside of the box here. But he's still like a tier two, tier three villain. Where are you going with that? Well, he's an empire officer. You know, he's below people. I'm not. No, 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 no. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying he's a great villain, right? That's not what I'm. I'm. I'm not trying to say I think he yeah. is. I think he is a great <laughs> hold villain. On. Hold on. You're saying he's a low tier officer, or whatever. I mean, I think he's a. I great did not say character. that. <laughs> oh my gosh! You just said he was a low tier empire. I said he's a low tier villain. He's an empire officer, but he's a low tier villain. Right. Not a low tier officer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what, what are we trying to say here? I'm like, look, I'm trying to I, tell you what I'm trying to say. I like the character and I think he was very villainous, right? But, James, but I don't think it's for the, for the, of uh, any other obstacle. I don't think they pushed him aside to be like, yeah, but the real villain is this person. That's not Rogue I don't Run. Think- we can't compare every story, like every movie equally to each other. Cause Rogue One's purpose is, wasn't that. Rogue One's purpose was right. to tell you that's a story that is leading into this other story. And that's my point. I'm saying that in all other cases with Star Wars villains, there is this thing that keeps happening in every single one of them, except for this other story where interestingly enough, there was a villain and he was a good villain, but he maybe wasn't the catalyst for the story. It's They weren't fighting against Krennic. They were fighting against the, the Empire. weapon that he had. They were still fighting against Palpatine and Vader and the Empire. Those are the villains. I guess. Krennic, Krennic is Grand Moff Tarkin. Krennic's a, a more fleshed out on screen Grand Moff Tarkin. That's what he is. I mean, I okay, I don't think they're pushing Krennic off for Palpatine or Vader. I don't think that's the case. But you might have an argument that they were saying that Krennic was you could almost sort of see like a Krennic still can't stand up to how evil Tarkin is. Yeah. yeah, Like they played, they downplayed him because they, because everybody knows Tarkin's the real villain. Right. And I guess, so that's kind of fair, I guess, but he, he, yeah, he's a director for the Imperial military. It's like, I understand that villain in a war movie but if you're adding a cosmic superpower element to these movies, 
that exists and can be manipulated by people and you want your good guys to be able to do this stuff, you need somebody on the other end who can go toe-to-toe with that hero. It can't be a guy who's just a guy. Like, Krennic can't... Like, Krennic Ray doesn't check out. Like, Krennic would be the one... I disagree, man. Oh, oh. What? I I don't... You're saying that... I feel like we've had this argument before, but you're saying that the villain has to... You're sort of doing the Marvel typical thing where, like, the villain for Black Panther has to be an evil Black Panther. He has to be somebody that's sort of like... no. Contrary to the other one, Ray has to be the good light side of the force. The only villain who they can have, they have to have a bad dark side of the force person who can go toe to toe. I'm very much up for the give me the Thrawn, give me the Krennic, give me the character that, you know, can can figure out a way without the ability to use the force to do something that's just horrific. You know, all right. Who's Ray fighting with the lightsaber in the big third act? What's that big scene going to be? I don't know, man. You like, uh, uh, stormtroopers. Uh, no, like make it, make it a, um, make it a, a well-known actor who is like this robot who has this, this, like it's the face of the actor and they have these like crazy weapons and she has to take on this person or whatever. You can do some crazy spectacle thing, but I'm just saying the villain, I don't think always has to be a force user. I'm not saying it. I never said the force. It's gotta be something of a fantastical <laughs> nature that can rival what she does. And we're not like we're not seeing Ray not have a big major lightsaber duel. It's Star Wars. Let's not like try to act like there isn't a formula to this thing. That Ray movie is going to end. It's going to have a space battle, a big lightsaber duel, and then a ground war. That's how Star Wars movies go in these third acts. And who's going to be who's Ray going to be dueling against? Yeah, well, Rebels didn't end that way. Rebels is not a movie. Rebels is. I'm just saying, man. I'm just giving you an example of a Star I Wars know, property. You're giving me an example. Didn't end. I like eating ice cream Sundays, especially because you get the whipped cream, <laughs> you get the sprinkles, you get the you get the cherry on top, and you're like, "But apple pie doesn't have sprinkles." It's like, what are you talking about? They're two different things. You're talking about a they're not two different things. TV show. That's and I'm not that about crazy a major different theatrical live action movie. If I told you that uh, another Oscar-winning movie that's not an action-adventure space, you know, story also also had a, a great third act, and it has nothing to do with Star Wars, then I understand your comparison. I'm actually putting real Star Wars stories that are well received in Star Wars. Yeah, I know all of the movies have generally had some sort of lightsaber battle at the end, but my point is like I don't think it's impossible for Star Wars to have a scenario where you have a character who can. They, they can deliver a story and still have a great third act that doesn't rely on a lightsaber if, battle necessarily. If, I think you're doing devil's advocate arguing here. If we're, if we're being serious about this, they need, they need a big swing. They need a big time villain that is like that person can destroy the galaxy. I'm not saying like Thanos with a snap of a finger, but I'm saying is there's something to that that feels different. If they roll up with a military guy with the blue and red badges on his chest and they're like, this is your new 
big bad villain in Star Wars, people are gonna be like, oh, I'm done. Like it's just like they need if they're gonna start off this whole new thing and they've built up Rey to be all the Jedi, the most powerful Jedi. She has all the Jedi living within her, and then our villain's gonna be somebody who needs technology or needs a five hundred thousand troops to defeat her. It doesn't work because, like you said, Star Wars is very under the microscope. It's going to be Ray versus that person in the end as the microcosm of the whole thing. So I and I know we've gotten down a different sort of path here about the main topic at hand, but it's because they sort of do have a bit of a problem. You look at the greatest Star Wars villains of all time and you sort of laid it all out there like, yeah, Dryden Voss was working for who an old George Lucas villain, Darth Maul. And it's, it's like all these like Rogue One, who was Krennic working for Grand Moff Tarkin, Darth Vader. And it's like every one of these things has that old grab from the well and bring it forward thing, except for, I know the high Republic, but again, that that's a small audience right now, literary audience, not, we're not talking about, you know, a movie. It's hard to make that comparison. And you brought up the rebels thing. And I, I, I slap back at you a bit because I do see that as a TV show that's animated versus live action movie. But when I thought about it again, Rebels is going to end that same way. It's going to be a lightsaber duel. It's going to be a big space battle and a ground war in the <sighs> movie. And that's how the Rebels podcast are. listeners and- can't see me rolling my eyes. No, I'm dude. I just think, I just think you need to, to, I don't know, recognize a little bit that we've had a lot of great villains who aren't force users. We, we said I'm earlier, saying they got to be force users though. It, it doesn't have to be, the Sith come back. I don't want the Sith to come back. Get it, you can. It's Star Wars. You have to have somebody who can go toe to toe. But I think you don't necessarily need that thing. You can be without some mystical power. You can you can still control the galaxy and not have that. I know, but I don't want it to be a situation where it's just a a military person who's like a Thrawn or like a Krennic or something like that. Like, it's Star Wars. You can come up with anything. You can make this person a goldfish that's half human, half goldfish. And if you make a good story and you make me believe that this villain could do something, I'm in. Get weird with it. Come up with something new. Maybe there's something in addition to the force that is just as powerful. We, if we're discovering the force in this mangled movie, 25,000 years ago, who's to say there's not something else to be discovered. That's not the force. Like they can do anything. All I'm saying is give me a villain that lives up to the tier one who, for me, there's only two of them and it's Vader and Palpatine. And they have to be able to bring people in the seats, in the theaters that want to go see that the way those two did. And that's where I'm at. Like, I've loved all these villains. I haven't once said I don't. I love Krennic. I I love what Giancarlo Esposito brought to the table as Moff Gideon. I've liked all these villains. Dryden Voss, I thought was awesome. I wish I saw the Michael K. Williams version, mm-hmm. which was supposed to be like the half lines or whatever. But, yeah, maybe. And I like... A Lars Mikkelsen's Thrawn. I like the animated version in Rebels too, but where's the new villain that this era is going to create that is the boss that doesn't turn around and say, like you were saying, 
oh, I actually work for this person. We need it. Where is it? Yeah. I'm not saying that that person isn't coming. Yeah. I, I, I understand. I think they are. I think they are. I believe I think, in them. I do. What but. we are getting to is is ultimately we are agreeing that, that Star Wars could use that person. But I, I think where the argument towards the end here is just come down to is where I'm trying to come to an understanding of like, does this person have to be force and, and dark side and stuff like that? I know you say you don't want the Sith necessarily, um, but it is it is one of these things where I'm sort of debating. I'm looking at these villains, Krennic and Dryden Voss and, and Thrawn and, uh, you know, Gideon and all these. And I'm like, none of them are force users, but they all have something over their, the hero. They can, they can say, I've got this person hostage, or I will do these things. Or if you, you could choke my neck with the force, but I have 20,000 guards around you who will just kill you if you do that. You know, it's like there, there are ways to bring down your villains. We saw it in Civil War. We saw it in The Incredibles, you know, like the boy just was a genius and he was able to come up with something that would go up against four superpowered people. You know, I'm like, I... And that's and syndrome. I think is considered a, a good villain. I think like there, there's. I agree. I'm not nuance to his story, yeah. but I'm not saying I you're just, wrong. I want to. I w- I would think that we can, if we are being creative. I'm agreeing with you, Lucasfilm. Be creative. You have all these creatives. Be creative. Come up with something that is going to do it. And I think where we land is maybe it maybe it does maybe it doesn't have to be something that's sort of like tied into the force. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, make it fresh, make it new. Don't make it, you know, feel like it's the next Vader or the next Palpatine. Right. We have to, though, have some level of continuity in terms of how these things feel because they're kind of like Disney wants to have a big smash hit and you're going to want to see the two lightsabers clashing on the poster. You're going to want to see that familiarity. Like, people go to Star Wars movies to see the big lightsaber duel at the end of the movie. Like there's some people, it's not that deep for a lot of people. They want to go see that. And it's, they, they need to get general fans in the seats. And if you just roll up and say like, this guy is a military genius. He has no superpowers, but he has a lot of soldiers. It's like, I mean, but that also falls into the thing where people don't like, because they're like, we just need to blow up that one thing, and then the whole army falls. I know, and dies, I know, you know? I know yeah. <laughs> I, and and I don't think Star Wars would necessarily do that. I think they're a little bit smarter than to go down that route necessarily. Watch this clip be pulled in five years and say like, look, they pan down PRB from the crawl, said. and the first thing we see is a giant gray orb, and everyone's like, oh yeah. no. <laughs> I mean. I know I know that they could come up with something creative. I'm popping around ideas. I'm not a writer. It's off the top of my head, but it you know some of the stuff I'm like, I think there could be something to that if you really worked on it, workshopped it. Um, but I think I think what we're agreeing on is just like it you know, I think that what we could use is we could actually use a villain that um, doesn't doesn't feel cheap by the time we've reached the end of that story. agree. 100%. Yes, yes, exactly. They and please keep them a villain through and through. That's all I ask, man. Uh, you know, like I don't know. It but you know, I'll, I'll be talking in circles if we keep going, but and it got spirited and we and we went back and forth with some swings, but ultimately it's all in fun and we're rooting for them to make some good stuff. And I think they will. I'm just, 
I just hope that like this era, like if it's the last thing Kathleen Kennedy does, you know, is this like Ray movie or whatever that they're like, Oh, they gave us this new villain that could Mm -hmm. be with us for the next 10 years of movies or something. Like it's exciting to think about. And I I don't, I don't take it as seriously. I I like to, to spar and have some fun with that. I just want to make sure people don't understand. It's not that, you know, it's not that crazy. I have a, a sort of request um, for listeners that, you know, that maybe are on your side or whatever. Cause I think if, if, if they're leaning towards my degree, then they might not. I don't think there's side challenge it that way, but all right. No, no, no. What I'm saying, uh, but hear me out. If take, take the week or take some time and just after you're listening to this podcast and use a little bit of creative mind to try to come up with something that you would be interested in seeing that has Ray with her yellow lightsaber and she's going up against a villain, but there is no lightsaber on lightsaber fight. Like what do, what could you come up with as a, as a listener to this podcast, but just as a person, individual, what would be a story that you would actually be like, that would be cool. And I'd like to see that in a theater that involves Ray and her lightsaber going up against a villain who does not have a lightsaber could still have the force, but not a lightsaber on lightsaber battle. Like you're saying, come on, they're absolutely. And if I may add, I don't disagree. They might do that. (laughs) That's fine. I'm not a hundred percent sold that they are absolutely that had, that's the only way to do it. But I'm just saying, Let's let's be creative here and try to think if we can think of maybe other ways they could do things. And to add on top of that, what type of villain could you envision them creating that is incredibly nuanced, is evil from start to finish, and it may it, it like you it, that you would want to invest your fandom into, even though you're rooting against them in the story. Yeah, because we want memorable villains like we we want our this era's Darth Vader. We want this era's, you know, even maybe even do you want to say Darth Maul? You know, we this era needs that like Kylo Ren could have been that they redeemed him. I'm just straight up talking about evil. Pure evil. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, Good chat, though. I I, I liked, you know, that it, it got spirited and we. Uh, found a new, uh, you know, a certain direction that we went down. That's why these are always a good time. So I hope everyone enjoyed it. I hope you guys enjoyed the discussion on that. Let us know what you think. Uh, do you think Star Wars still has a villain problem? Uh, uh, or are you good? Maybe you're good. Maybe you're like, guys, no, I don't think there's any problem at all. You know, <laughs> I think it's great. That's cool too. So uh, just let us know. But ultimately, uh, thank you so much for listening and watching and being a part of TRB. It means a great deal to us. Remember to check out the Patreon patreon.com slash resistance broadcast a special thank you to our generals and spice runners carmelo john reese jetta rosewater frank grande nick kratz chris morales brian smith matt chitty danny micromori matt heath brendan mclaughlin sneaky zebra colin cormier jolton jedi dimaggio diana and dave hornack and mm-hmm. the spice runners david probus neil shaw kendall gellner andrew staley jeremy myers michael fry and the fort worthian uh for me johnny hoey on social media and uh my movie podcast just like the movies uh, for Lacey, you're going to find her at Lacey Gillerin. And James, how about you? Uh, you can find me on uh, Instagram and X, both at Meyer Trunks. All right. Uh, we'll be back with you Thursday for TRB Live, where uh, hopefully maybe there's some news to talk about. We'll get into that. But uh, we hope everyone's uh, December is going well. Your holiday shopping is going smoothly. 
uh safe well and we will see you next time right here on the resistance broadcast see you around kids <laughs>